Hey everybody, welcome to 4AM Getups. It's your host Ben. You can reach me on Twitter at Narrow Trails. Again, at Narrow Trails. Feel free to message me with any questions or comments on any episodes, this one or past ones, or any ideas you may have that I can bring up in a future episode. I uh, welcome the feedback and always looking to grow and reach more and more listeners. As promised, I interviewed my buddy Dr. Joe Adds, who's a foot and ankle surgeon specializing in advanced foot and ankle recon and sports injuries. He's also a professional OCR racer, F3er. You'll learn a little bit about F3 in the uh, interview. And uh, just all around great guy. He did his first ultra. It was a run in the rim to rim to rim in the Grand Canyon, which is basically you start at the top of one side, go down, go across, up to the other side, and then come back. So grab your coffee, grab your drink, your water, whatever, sit back, listen, and enjoy this nice conversation with some good stories too. Hope you all like it. Thank you. Okay, Joe, well, couldn't quite do it at the coffee shop, but uh, thank you for inviting me over to your home so that we could kind of sit in peace and quiet here with no background noise. Sure. And interview, My pleasure. And interview. Uh, so, yes, once again, I'm here with Joe Az, uh, nicknamed Snoop in uh, F3. And F3, if you haven't heard, is, uh, you know, why don't you tell me a little about, about F3 because you kind of brought it to me when I was your patient. Yeah, so uh, F3 is a men's uh, workout group. Um, it's, uh, it was started here, well, just, it was started in Charlotte and has spread to where we live in Huntersville. Um, shortly after that, it's been around for about 11 years, uh, and just a bunch of men who work out together. They share, you know, uh, they're interested in working out in, and in um, uh, other other things that three has grown and changed so much it started out with just boot camps then it kind of went to running there's biking there's swimming there's tries you can train for, train for anything it's just That's a bunch awesome. of men who work out together and enjoy each other's company and support each other it's a good supportive group of of uh like men like like-minded individuals so nice and the the three S is faith, fellowship, and fitness, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so, all one hundred percent free, right? Yeah, one hundred percent free. Get to enjoy all aspects of that, and uh, just a, just a wonderful little group of people. Yes, so. it, it is pretty awesome. I highly recommend uh, any man, especially any young man, uh, joining this and yeah, getting sure. that camaraderie. Yeah, it's great. It's <laughs> a it's it's good for social networking. A lot of it was kind of started because uh, um, men often find themselves uh, caught in kind of a tough spot. They, they, work, they work all day long and then they go to their families and they, they don't have a lot of time to socialize with other, other men. Uh, and that's kind of been, you know, um, a, a problem for a lot of men. They mm -hmm. just, they can sometimes get into dark places because they don't have that social interaction. There's not that, that uh, aspect of competitiveness that, that men thrive with. And uh, this is kind of a way to, to to socialize with other men and, and push yourself and, and try and attain, attain goals and uh, it's often done early in the morning when uh, you know other men uh, 
have time to do things, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you're not with your family, not with your uh, job. Um, so it works out really well for, for, for a lot of working men. So it's, it's a great group. Nice. I like how you said early in the morning because yeah. I bet a lot of F3ers wake up at 4 a.m. They do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's, that's the standard time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You hear that, listeners? 4 a.m. get ups. 4 a.m. is your new yep. standard waking up time. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, okay. So. You ran the rim to rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. For listeners that really aren't familiar with this type of ultra run, why don't you give it just a brief explanation of what the run is and where it is? So it's in uh, it's in in the Grand Canyon National Park in Arizona. Um, it's a approximately 50 mile run. Um, we uh, traditionally it can go either way, but um, traditionally started at the South Rim. You run down the south rim, uh, down one of two uh, uh, main passes, uh, the, the, the typical thing. Um, uh, what we did was we went down Bright Angel. Uh, the other option is down South Kaibab. Mm -hmm. um, we chose Bright Angel because they had water. Uh, some people choose South Kaibab just uh, because they have their water at the beginning and they can fill up down when they get to the uh, Phantom Ranch. But uh, we just decided to do Bright Angel because it's closer to our where we're staying, and yep, yep. Um, uh, we're getting up early enough, anyways. So, <laughs> so uh, we uh, we went down uh, Bright Angel across the Grand Canyon, the the, the bottom up north up the North Rim uh, uh, to the uh, top of the North Rim where we uh, turned around and then did it all over again. So it was quite a fun race. It's it's. Uh, approximately 50 miles. Um, my GPS said it was 52. Um, I did some extra walking around the top of the North Rim, mm -hmm. so I don't know if that was it. And I, we got off track a little bit a couple times. So, um, but uh, uh, I ended up with 52 uh, uh, miles, and it was uh, about 10, 10, a little over 10,000 feet of elevation gain. So just to put that in perspective, Everest is like about a little over 20,000 feet, so that's, that's, that's a lot of climbing. And, yeah, and, oh yeah. And most of it's done very quickly. Uh, there's some, some uh, little rolling uh, hills at the, uh, in, the, in what's called the box of the Grand Canyon. Okay. But uh, most of it is straight up and uh, straight up the two sides of it, and you do that twice. So yeah. It's, it's a lot of very steep climbing, Ugh. so it's a tough but very enjoyable race. Yeah, I would imagine. And then the down too, mm -hmm. having having to put on the brakes. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it kills your quads going down. Too, so it's it, it gets you both ways. Yes, yeah. yes. Which of course you have to do twice because yeah. I remember my first ultra was at uh, Table Rock State Park in South Carolina. So you had Table Rock Mountain, not that big, maybe 25, 2600 feet. But then there's Pinnacle Mountain next to it. So you go up Pinnacle, you get a decent little view, then you kind of come down a little bit, and then you go up Table Rock, and that's interesting because you, when you get to like the last eighth of the Table Rock, you're going up essentially just rock face. It reminded me of climbing Half Dome, not that steep, but it, there was no, there's no bars, there's no steps, it's just sheer rock face. And thankfully, my shoes had like amazing grip, but you go up that, and then you come down to the aid station, and then you do it all over again because it was two loops. So I'm like two mountains, but I actually climbed four. Wow, that sounds like a tough race. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, nothing compared to, let's see, your Strava, 10,000, almost 11,000 feet of yeah. uh, elevation, like you said. That's crazy. But then you did it in 13 hours, which was a pace of a uh, little under 15 minutes a mile. Uh, I mean, that was faster than my last 50K, and I didn't have much 
Yeah, uh, that, that's moving time. Let me point that out. So that's moving time. The, okay. whole t- the, the elapsed amount of time was about 16 hours and like five minutes or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, I'm sure you're going to take time to take in those views too. Yeah, we we stopped and we looked at a lot of stuff. Um, you know, we we kind of hung out um, uh, for a little while at Phantom Ranch. We definitely took some time at the North Rim. Um, you know, just for recovery. And what was nice, one of one of my friends actually started. Um, uh, he wasn't, he, he was planning, he was injured, so he wasn't, was unable to do the run with us, mm-hmm. but he, uh, decided to hike it. Okay. And he wanted to do the rim to rim, uh, to rim as well, but, um, just due to time constraints and et cetera, you know, with hiking versus running, yeah. um, uh, he didn't think he'd have enough time. So what he did was he flew out early, um, and drove to the North Rim, left a car filled with the most glorious food and supplies in okay. a giant cooler wondered, that you yeah. could ever dream of having in the middle of an <laughs> ultra race, and just parked it there. And then he he actually hiked across on I think it was Tuesday across the Grand Canyon with his with his supplies and and, and a lot of his clothes and everything he needed um, uh, to the South Rim, where he then uh, stayed for a night. Met we we all met up with him. And then he had his car, so when he came back across, he hiked again with another one of our friends, um, and uh, then drove back to the South Rim uh, after we all uh, partake, partook in his uh, in, in all of his supplies that he he, he uh, left up there. So wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it was a great idea. It was the best thing. I- <laughs> Because I wondered, you know, because this wasn't necessarily uh, like a sanctioned race. No, it was just, uh, kind of like a route that's out there for people to do. I know people do FKTs, you know, fastest known time. And so a lot of people, not necessarily for that, but it's like, oh, I'd love to at least go do that route. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what you were doing with your yeah. friends, right? Yeah. yeah. So a big question of mine was, gosh, what kind of like gear and aid and nutrition did you have and what did you bring with you? and Thankfully for that, because how were you able to resupply, especially with water in the yeah. middle of the Grand Canyon? Yeah, so they had the, the just to talk about the um, water aspect mm-hmm. of it. Um, they have uh, they have uh, little spots where you can fill up uh, with water. So they have uh, little spigots that you can fill up with water throughout the throughout the, the route. Okay. Um, like I mentioned before, South Kaibab does not have that, but North Kaibab does. Uh, which is the the trail up the north rim, mm-hmm. and so does Bright Angel, which is the trail up and down the the south rim. So they have water there. Um, one of the concerns that we had though was they had a pipe break right before we were going to get there. So uh, some of the water uh, wasn't turned back on. Mm-hmm. So uh, we did bring um, filters and et cetera to filter water. True. Now I didn't filter anything. I j- I just you know um, I had what I used for uh, water was I had a uh, Solomon uh, running vest mm-hmm. with a, I had a three liter, um, uh, water, uh, uh, container on, on my back. And then I had two, uh, kind of, I think they're 500 liter, uh, water bottles on my chest. Uh, and then I had a hand, uh, um, I think it was five, another 500 liters that I carried okay, in wow. my hand. Yeah. So, um, then I'd fill these, those up at every, well, I wouldn't fill up the, the, uh, back, uh, three liter. I, actually didn't fill up at all. I just filled up the uh, two chest ones and the hand okay. one. And the one that I had in my back was enough that I just kept it for the whole time. So um, you kept that as reserve? Or? Just as a reserve, gotcha. yeah. I actually did run out of it at the end because okay. uh, I missed one of the uh, fill, fill uh, points. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I probably could have just strategized better uh, with mm-hmm. that. But 
um, uh, for nutrition. Um, I did uh, a lot, everyone did uh, did some different things. I used uh, I had Tailwind. I know yeah. you've used that. So I used Tailwind for um, I had uh, two of my containers were filled with Tailwind, and I had one water. So I do a little more Tailwind than water, just to kind of keep the calories constant. Because you want to one of the um, one of my friends, uh, Mort. I don't know if you know him, but he uh, he's he says this all the time. I don't know where he got it. Maybe he made it up. He could have. Um, but he says uh, ultras are uh, an eating contest, not a running contest. Yeah. So you have to you have to be able to you have to figure out your nutrition, um, uh, and that's more important. You know, being hydrated, being uh, keeping your calories up, um, are, are just as important as, as your training mm-hmm. and and uh, and how well you perform. Uh, so if you can't eat, you can't. If you're not eating well, and you're not drinking well, you're gonna fail. So these are really long races, and you have to stay hydrated and, and keep your calorie count up throughout mm-hmm. the whole race. So um, I didn't go in with a big strategy. I just grabbed a bunch of stuff. Um, I did some of the goo things. I'm not a big fan of goo. Mm-hmm. I did yeah. more um, more uh, tailwind, and I did um, some like uh, Lara bars. I did. Uh, Let's see what else I do. Cliff bars. Okay, yeah. Um, so more more like granola type bars. Yep. I did I did uh, some some uh, um, like trail mix too that, okay, I, yeah. that I used. But um, uh, a lot of tailwind. That was my biggest calorie thing. And I just kept drinking it constantly. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'd switch between that and water back and forth pretty much the whole time. So so I kept my calories up. And then at the North Rim, uh, you know we. Walked up into Nirvana. There was. Uh, <laughs> I remember uh, uh, opening up the trunk and uh, looking inside and seeing a can of Coke, which I, I don't typically drink soda. <laughs> yeah. But that was the best darn Coke I've ever had in my life. That was ice cold. He had this amazing cooler that, oh, that wow. kept things cool for three days. I don't know how it did it. There was still ice everywhere, uh, and that Coke was the most delicious Coke I've ever had in my life. Um, <laughs> So uh, that was that was pretty cool. Um, let's see what else did we have. We had uh, I ate a banana out there. Had a couple uh, uncrustable sandwiches. Uh, there were um, uh, sour patch kids. Uh, you know, all, all kinds of candy and high sugar things yeah, that I typically yeah. don't eat. Uh, right there and just scarfed it all down. Um, so that was kind of my nutrition plan. Okay. Okay. So. Well, then that makes me feel a lot better they had that water out there. And I guess for normal hikers, too, uh, you don't, they don't want people stranded and yeah. dying. One so. thing that you uh, you do have to keep in, in, in mind is that um, you can't always trust it. They have they do have a website that keeps it updated okay. uh, as to you know what's working and what's not. <clears throat> uh, but I would definitely uh, encourage you to take a filter because um, you never know if it's going to be working or not. True. Um, and uh, the... Um, uh, other thing with it is is that uh, they shut the water off too. It's only open for parts of the year. And yeah. It's actually off right now. We went the last weekend that it was it was open. Wow. And you would um, they kind of give you an estimate of when it will close, but they might close it a, a week early. True. So you never really know. It's it depends on the weather and the temperature. So yeah. Um, you know that's that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so for the filter, are you saying you just with a worst case scenario, you're taking water from like the Colorado River at the bottom, and then... I mean, there's there's a Colorado River. There's other streams down there. Okay, too. Gotcha. There's little little uh, little streams throughout the whole Grand Canyon. There's a big part of it where you run 
run right along this, uh, I don't I'm not sure what it was called, but mm -hmm. it was a, a stream that you could go down there and, and get water out of. So there's several places to, to get water if mm -hmm. you need it. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, it is kind of a de uh, desert type region, but there, there are definitely, uh, good water supplies down nice. there if you need it. Awesome. And so you went in, was it October? October 12th, I think, or something like that. Okay. Yeah, middle so of October. Did, did, that, did that seem kind of like the perfect time of year to go, temperature-wise and all of that? Yeah, it was. So we started out, um, started out. it was about 50 degrees. Uh, we started at 3.15 a.m., <laughs> which is nice and early, even before 4. Yeah. Yeah, so we did 3.15 a.m., um, and... Uh, at the in the bottom when we were going back the second time in what's called the box down by the, the Phantom Ranch, there's it, it it was hitting somewhere in the nineties, so ninety, ninety-five, oh. somewhere around there. So it was still hot, really hot in the bottom, but um, when we started it was nice. So um, you try and get as much done early as you uh -huh. can. Yeah. Um, and then you kinda of struggle through the, the warm temperatures at the at the end. So that sounds like Western states on steroids because yeah. I know Western states sometimes they, uh, and to, for those of you that may not know, Western states 100 endurance run is uh, like the masters of ultra racing in the United States. It takes place in up by Lake Tahoe and runs down, essentially it's a net uh, down elevation race in Northern California and you end up in the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas. But I know from watching videos there that you'll start the run and you'll be running on snow and then halfway through like you said you're in like 90 something degrees yeah but you're running mostly down versus up uh, a cliff <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a challenge and, and the weather was you know you had to you had to have some cooler cooler weather gear and then also you know you had to have a place to put it so oh um, yeah the net eyes weight and everything too uh, which makes it a little harder yeah um but someone Someone, I don't know if I forget who it was, but uh, when we were all getting ready, someone said it was like 30 degrees out, and it was actually 50, so I had all this extra, you know, weight that I didn't really need, and then you're, you're, you get to the top, you, you, you go out, and uh, um, uh, you're like, wow, it seems much warmer than, you know, 30 degrees. Yeah. And you already have the stuff, you don't want to go back to your room. Uh, I was already late because my... Uh, my uh, headlamp that I, I brought, I had a headlamp with extra batteries and, and all that stuff and the headlamp failed. It didn't even start. <laughs> it worked the night when I, I tested it the night before. I woke up the, in the morning, the, the thing didn't work. Uh, so I had to borrow someone's. So I had to figure that out before I, uh, you know, and that before we left and um, that made me uh, kind of late. So yeah. you, you already have this stuff and you're already running late and you're trying to borrow someone's extra headlamp and, and uh, it uh, just, uh, you know, didn't have a lot of time to go back. So. <laughs> wow. Um, so tell me about the experience of the whole run. And I know you could probably write a book on this, but for the time that we have, especially in the beginning, I know it's 3.15 a.m. and it's pitch black outside, but was there anything that you could see canyon-wise and, what was the difference between seeing that at night and then, say, when you're on the north rim looking back in broad daylight? Yeah, so uh, when we started, um, it was kind of surreal. Um, you know, it was, it was pitch black. Um, you could see the stars. Stars okay. were amazing. Nice. Um, so, you, you, and you can't see any of the canyon. It's, mm -hmm. just, it's black. Uh, so you don't know really what you're... <clears throat> 
what you're getting into. Um, we got in, and this is kind of a funny story too. I'll tell you this while we're while I'm talking about that topic. But um, uh, I came in with uh, my friend Smokey, um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'll use F3 names here. Um, uh, so any F3 people know this, know these people. But I came in with my friend Smokey. We got in at like uh, I don't know, it's eight thirty or nine o'clock. Uh, and so we were the last ones to get there. Um, and we were coming in, and we hadn't eaten, hadn't, uh, eaten a dinner uh, that night before. Um, so we call uh, one of my friends, and we we're like, What's, what is there to eat in the Grand Canyon? He's like, there's nothing. Turn around go back into town. <laughs> so, so we turn around to go back into town. We're trying to find a, a good, healthy, you know, like pre-race, you know, maybe some pasta or, you know, some good, you know, baked potato or something, yeah. something good and carb-filled and healthy for uh, pre-race food. And we go to go to the first restaurant. It was like this Italian restaurant. It was like a um, uh, two-and-a-half-hour wait. And we're like, it's 9.30. We have to get up at 3.15 in the morning. Oh, yeah. You know, there's no way we're going we're, to we're, – we can do this. So then we go on to that. We look oh, – what else can we do? Um, look for a Chinese restaurant. Really don't see anything. We're, so then we decide, let's just get pizza. That'd be fast. There's lots of carbs <laughs> in that, you know, and – uh, tried to look for pizza, couldn't find a pizza place. Wow. Um, the one that we looked looked for was closed, um, and then we we're like, we need to eat something. Yeah. And so uh, he says, uh, or uh, Smokey says, why don't we just go to McDonald's? I'm like McDonald's. <laughs> oh, so we so we get in line, we go through the drive-through, we get McDonald's, we ate McDonald's the night before. So, um, but I, I did all right on it. I was powered the Grand Canyon, powered by McDonald's. Um, so. So, and I, I don't ever eat McDonald's either, so I was really worried about that. Yeah. Um, but no, we made it through. And uh, so in the morning, um, you get there and uh, you look down across the uh, Grand Canyon, you don't see anything. It's mm-hmm. just dark and black. And so um, we start out going down. Right, we try and take a pre, pre-picture. pre I don't mm-hmm. know if it was successful or not. I haven't seen that one. But we started out going down. And one of my friends, uh, uh, Lego, uh, took a beautiful picture of us going down these switchbacks okay, yeah. at the top and it's just illuminated by our headlamps. Wow. So you can just see this like trail of light going down from the top and it's beautiful. It's one of my favorite pictures of it that anyone took. Um, so, uh, he, uh, he took that picture and then other than that, you don't see anything. Okay. Um, you know, you basically go down, uh, and, and it's in pitch dark. Uh, my headlamp, uh, was, uh, was, um, uh, already used and some of the batteries are going bad bad in it so <laughs> you know like I said it was just kind of a last last second thing so my headlamp wasn't working that great and at one point um, I uh, I tripped on something and and uh, you know you're when you're running they, there's like a straight drop off here and uh, I slipped and uh, misstepped um, and uh, came close to the edge mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Don Ho uh, grabbed me and you know kind of pulled me back so it's you know, gotta watch your gotta watch your feeding. Oh, I um, bet. So I thank him for that. Um, and then uh, I know there's this other point where, um, just to you know, tell some more stories. Uh, uh, Hoodie is the guy that's known to kind of fall down. Um, <laughs> he always trips. And at one point, he uh, was uh, leading our, our our little group. We kind of broke up into little groups. Um, and um, he, uh, he's like, which way do we go? And he's like standing on the edge of this thing. He's like, do we go straight, right, left? And right and straight were two very bad options. Mm. <laughs> so, so it was just kind of a cool, cool uh, thing, you know. And I, I, I uh, 
it was it was just so so neat to do it in the dark and you just couldn't see and then that was part of the part of the mystery of the whole mm -hmm. thing and the challenge so um it was it was pretty cool that's amazing yeah uh reminds me of first time doing the half dome hike yeah starting up i was i think in end of high school or beginning of college took a uh selfie picture with me and my buddy and I like, couldn't even keep my eyes open you know it was like 2 a.m. or something like that and like you said it's just pure darkness but I can't so if you're running from the south side well, I guess the sun's coming up from the east so how did what was that like and I guess throughout the whole day what view wise of the Grand Canyon what was the best uh, moment and like where were you and what time of day was it and yeah. then what did it look like so at uh oh the sun started to come up when we hit the phantom ranch so it was just starting to become daylight so i turned off my headlamp just after we left phantom ranch okay. so um you you would hope that you could see like a, a sunrise but we were down in the in the box what's yeah. called box so you really didn't see uh like a, a beautiful sunrise okay but um you know, from the rims, you can see that we just weren't there. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but we saw sunrise come up through through the um, in the box down by the Phantom Ranch, and um, some of the cool shadows that you'd see as you're running in the bottom, uh, you'd see like one cliff have sun, and and that was really quite beautiful. Um, so that, those are some pretty cool views. Um, one of the uh, another one of my favorite pictures uh, that I've seen is um, uh, um, anchovy, another another <laughs> F3 guy, um, took a picture of me and Smokey running along this kind of sheer cliff. There was mm -hmm. like a sheer cliff up, sheer cliff down. This thing is like three feet wide, and you just <laughs> if you would step off, you'd fall to your death. Don't tell my wife that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm sure she won't hear this. <laughs> Your secret safe. Right, yeah. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, so um, we're running along this, and he's he's behind us, and so he took this beautiful picture. It's got, like, the beautiful picture of the Grand Canyon, and, and then it shows us on this little cliff just running along, and it's, it's got the sun just in the right place. It's also one of my favorite pictures. Mm -hmm. um, so that was very serene. Um and just running, you know, when, when it became light and uh, running along, especially closer to the north rim, there's some really cool um, edges where it's just cliff, you know, cliff next to the, the trail there. Mm -hmm. And it's just really, really a, kind of a neat feeling to, to, to look down, and, you know, take, take a moment and just look down and see how high you are. Um, yeah. It's just amazing. So, so pretty. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um where did you have some hurt moments? Because I know in every ultra, there's pain. Like, if you go through an ultra and there's no pain, you are lying. <laughs> or you are somehow like Casey Lichtig in uh, the Western States who seemed to just float like a butterfly, did yeah. the whole thing, and only carried one little bottle. Now, granted, they, they have aid stations there like crazy. But still uh the pain comes in somewhere yeah. and like how many miles in what, what what were the painful moments yeah uh, i did, definitely didn't float like a butterfly they <laughs> um, <laughs> rolled like a stone more. Uh, but uh it was it was uh there were several spots that were really tough most of the really difficult uh spots were going up of mm -hmm. course um the uh 
North North Rim was tough because you're it was it was kind of a uh, mental um, uh, game because you were you know you're just about halfway done yeah um, and you're going up the North Rim and it's very steep um, I think that has that's a, a larger amount of climb I think it's like s over six thousand feet so the south South Rim is less it's like five thousand or something mm -hmm. this is like six thousand something um, and and it's very steep uh, it's long it's starting to get hot um, you know so uh, that was that was a uh, a real challenge so a lot of people went into their pain cave um, and there was 15 of us and and every, everyone made it up the north rim okay there was a couple people that struggled um and uh you know uh so not everyone was able to do the rim to rim part and and i think the north rim was part of the you know part of the most uh the, the thing that took some people out mm -hmm. um it was just a really steep climb it was starting to get hot and uh you know, you had to go to your pain cave to get through that, and and uh, um, I know when I I got up to the very top of the North Rim, uh, uh, Smokey and I were running together for most of the whole whole uh, run, but um, we were together and we got up to the we got up and crested the top, see the North Rim, and we're like we see this little uh, water spigot, and we go over there, and you know like just like the Coke was the best Coke ever had. This water is the best water I've ever had. Oh, yeah. It was like ice cold. I just could have swore I could see little sparkles in it. It was just <laughs> amazing. You know, I felt like a drink commercial drinking that. It was it was that satisfying. Right. So because yeah, uh, we we ran out of water going up uh, the North Rim again um, because uh, one of the I, f I forget the names of these stops. They all all the water stops have names, but um, uh, one of the ones towards the end was closed. Um, so. We had to. Um, uh, it was a longer period of time without water. Mm -hmm. And when you're climbing up these, the one place that the Grand Canyon doesn't have water is on these climbs, uh, oh, yeah. which is where you need it. Um, yeah. So they don't have um, as many uh, water stops on the on the on the way up. Um, and if you if you if one of those aren't working, then um, you know there's not a river because you're literally climbing up a cliff. So there's yeah. not a lot of rivers, you know, uh, that are easily accessible. So you can't just stop and, you know, fill up your filter and stuff. So you're just, you're out of luck. Oh. So, um, that was really difficult going up the North Rim. Um, going across the, the, on the way back, uh, mm -hmm. going through the box at the bottom of the Canyon. Um, that was, that was tough because it was so hot. I was um, say, yeah. And so, uh, that was difficult. And then the, the hardest part for me was this the south rim i uh going back up the south rim um at that point uh um i uh i was running with a group of like four of us with so there was 15 of us total we kind of broke up into s several different little groups um mm -hmm. you know because there are people that run at different rates and and had different challenges throughout yeah. the you know throughout the race or i guess not race run um you know some people are having some knee issues and had to slow down and and take the time and other people were still feeling pretty good so we just kind of split up into small groups um but at that point um i had uh i was running with four people um kind of right before the the um right before the uh um phantom ranch the second time and um the four of us were running together and they were, the other three people were kind of having, uh, they were just, you know, they were, they were tired and wanted mm -hmm. to take their time. And, and, uh, I, um, uh, you know, um, I guess they, 
just kept telling me to go ahead and go ahead and see what time he can get. And I said, oh, finally they convinced me to just go ahead and go. And so I left them and uh, I ran uh, most of the time by myself. There's only one person in front of me at this okay. point. And, and uh, um, uh, so I was, I just went, I was going to go and try and catch him. And uh, so um, uh, when I got to, I, I caught him, uh, he was kind of hurting, but uh, was more of a muscle pain type of thing and just yeah. wanted, he just wanted to hike. So uh, he told me to go ahead. So I ended up just running by myself up the, up the South Rim, which was terrible. I, I, <laughs> I got to, I, you know, I made it up uh, a big chunk of it. I missed one of the water stops. I just, I don't know where it was. It just must've been in a daze because yeah. I missed it. So I ran out of water once on that and that was, that was really tough. And I finally got to there. There's a water, uh, uh, spigot three miles out and I, I got to that thing and I filled up there and I ran into this park ranger and uh, I was filled up with water and I and I asked him you know at this point I'm thinking you know it's three miles away how long is it going to take me you know like surely it won't take me that long to run three miles mm -hmm. um, and I'm sitting there talking to this guy I'm like how long how long do you uh, think it's going to take me to, to to get up to the top he's like Oh, you got th uh, three miles left. Um, I'd say another three hours, and I'm like thinking to myself, "Oh my God, there's no way like, it's gonna take three hours." And he's like, he crushed my soul. Yeah. I mean, I was so disappointed when he told me it was gonna be three hours. He said it would probably take me longer, but you look like you're pretty fit. You could probably make it in three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking to myself at this point, I had three miles, and thinking maybe an hour, um, at at worst. Yeah. And he's telling me it's gonna take me three hours. So. That's and deep. I'm trying to I'm trying to get done before it. My goal was when I left the North Rim, I told told the guy, uh, told Smokey and a mm -hmm. couple of other guys that I was running with that um, I wanted to make it to the South Rim so I could enjoy a beer while and look across the uh, okay yeah across the the uh, Grand Canyon at the sunset. Um, so I didn't quite make that, but um, you know that was my goal when I was when I was trying to finish. And this guy's telling me it's going to be three hours. I was trying to get there before sunset, and he just crushed me with that news because <laughs> that would have put me well after dark. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyways, I take off after I meet this guy and start going up there. And, and it, man, it is so hard at the end with um, the climb. It just mm -hmm. wears on your legs. I felt pretty good when I first started, but he's right. It really did crush me. I think I finished it in about an hour and 15 hour and 30 minutes um and finished just after after just missed the sun, sun oh. sunset but um it was still a really satisfying thing i did stop several times to, mm -hmm. to to look back at it um so um but it was a it was quite a quite a run wow amazing <laughs> um so why did you guys choose to do the rim to rim to rim that specific one versus everything that's out there so, um, I guess what this, the guys that I ran it with, we, we, um, we run, we, we have a group name, it's called the Goat Busters, and we, we have run uh, the, um, uh, the um, Blue Ridge Relay every year yep. um, for like the last four years, mm -hmm. or four or five years together. And so, last year after we finished it, we were like, we need to do something different. And I don't know how it got brought up. I've talked about doing a rim-to-rim-to-rim -to -rim -to -rim run because I've been there before, and mm -hmm. I wanted to uh, wanted to go back and do that. 
and so I'd mention it to other people, but in, in a different van other than the one I was in, uh, someone said, we need to do something different, and so they started talking back and forth, and I wasn't there, so I don't know how it came up, but by the time they finished that run, that, that ride back from the uh, Blue Ridge Relay, they had decided that we were going to do the rim to rim to rim run, and uh, so I was all about that because that yeah. was on my bucket list. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I, I, I committed right then and there. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to do this, and then everyone else just just kind of tagged along. We ended up with 15 people out there, so it was really really cool. That's awesome. So, when was about when was this decision made? Was it made in 2020 or back in 2019? It was or? in 2019 before the pandemic. So okay, um, we had no idea, <laughs> um, and we were really nervous about being able to go do it. We didn't know if, at, at, when we were still a couple months or well, probably a month away. Um, Arizona was really like spiking, and we we're like, yeah. We're gonna be able to go do this. You know, we've trained all this time. We came up with like some backup plans. Like, mm -hmm. um, I think we we're talking about running some Linville run a couple of times to, you know, yeah, just replace it. But in the end, we decided just to go with it. And okay. It was safe. You know, we didn't really, you know, none of us had any problems. So, that's good. Yeah. And you mentioned Linville because that's that's close to us, Linville Gorge. Uh, could do you see that maybe as like a good like trainer or like little little test if I you want to get a couple into guys did do that i didn't do that run i you know um it's tough for me to get away for yep, yep. that much time it was uh, so but a i think a couple guys did that um and we talked about doing that as an alternative you know mm -hmm. i think we're going to do it twice or something if the grand canyon just didn't work out yeah um but yeah that's a great run i've heard um so I don't know i've been camping out there yeah. uh just north of it and you know you stop along the road a couple times to see it and i did uh one run up to i don't know one of the knobs that that overlooks everything so yeah it, it is beautiful yeah it is so you made the decision in 2019 before the pandemic so you essentially had the greater part of a year to prepare which is great you had all that time even with you know, gyms closing, lockdowns, everything that happens, you still have a huge chunk of time to time to change your routine and everything. So, what kind of preparation did you go? Did went into all of this, and did you kind of all you did was just add mileage? Did you do more weight training too? Like, how did you maybe change your uh, specific workouts to get ready for something like this? Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, I had some challenges along the way. Um, I uh, in twenty, I felt like I was in pretty good shape after the Blue Ridge Relay um, when we decided to do this, and I kind of carried that through December into January, and then uh, I think it was maybe February or March that I I actually got injured, um, and so um, I, I had a foot injury myself. Foot doctors can have injuries too, <laughs> so I partially ruptured my plantar fascia uh -huh. and. Um, that, uh, that, that, that injury really put me back. And so I was in a boot for almost three months. I had a, um, I used a, a product, uh, by Organogenesis. Uh, one of my partners injected me with something called New Cell, uh, which is an amniotic, uh, uh, kind of, it's, it's a, it's an amniotic product that has, uh, some stem cells in it and it helps to regenerate tissue faster. So he injected me with that, um, and then I was in a boot for three months, or mm. almost three months, I think it was 10 weeks. Um, 
And so I had to take basically 10 weeks off from all activity. Yeah. Um, so that was tough. And so I th think I really started my training. I started running again, I think, in maybe it was the end of June. So okay. I had from June till October to kind of train. So I, and I was really starting from almost zero when I started because I was in a yeah. boot that whole time. And that, um, that, that, that product helped me, helped me to get, uh, improve a little faster and, and such, um, because that's a pretty tough injury to come back from, uh, you know, any foot injury is tough and, uh, plantar fascia ruptures are a real difficult thing mm -hmm. to come back from. So I started out basically zero, um, you know, felt like I was great shape before the injury, terrible shape after the injury. Uh, I did ride a bike towards, towards the end of the 10 weeks with, uh, I did, I, um, rode a Peloton bike for a, a little okay. while. So that helped keep me in a little bit of shape. But when I started running, I was, I started out, you know, uh, three miles felt hard. Oh um, gosh. And so, um, I just built up from there and just started slowly adding miles. And, um, ideally, I, I think if I had all the time in the world without the injury, I would have trained very differently than mm -hmm. I did. But what I did was I actually kept my miles relatively low, trying not to injure, re-injure myself. Okay, so yeah. I started picking up uh, a lot of lifting, um, you know, because uh, I lift, I lift weights all the time. Anyway, okay. So it's one of my big things. I love to lift weights. So um, I started lifting lower body again and kept the miles relatively low and slowly built back up. So the most I actually put in in a week was uh, I think like 42 or 43 miles, which isn't that much if you're going to be running for something like that. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So um, and I only did that for three weeks because I struggle a little bit with some other issues too. So I didn't put in the miles that I would have really uh, liked to have. Um, so I, because of that, I just went with like plan B. Uh, I did as many miles as I could, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. without trying to injure myself because I thought the worst thing I could do is, you know, re-injure myself in some way by overtraining too yeah. quickly. So I kept my miles a little lower than what most people probably would for this. Um, only hitting 40, I think, three or four times. Um, and uh, I supplemented with a lot of strength training. Um, gotcha. So um, I did a lot of uh, single leg lifting okay. and just balance stuff and uh, just worked on getting my muscles strong because that doesn't put as much uh, stress on, on you know, the repetitive stress issues mm -hmm. uh, that you can sometimes run into. So um, that seemed to be pretty useful um, and I did well with it, you know, and I, I uh, felt good through most of the race. Um, so I don't know. It's just a kind of a different way to train. Yeah, so. that that seems to be a great alternative to, and it's something that I've even noticed. It's not about just trying to put in, you know, 50, 80 miles a week. Yeah. I mean, granted, if you had a perfect world, I've been told sometimes like about a month before, try and do maybe, especially when you're doing ultras, in in a week about 20 more than whatever the race is going to be, and then of course everybody you yeah. taper from that. But in everything prior, you can do just some speed work, lots of lifting, because then, like you say, you don't get that wear and tear, mm -hmm. but you get the strength. And obviously, you needed the strength to do those climbs. Yeah, because that, you, that seemed very useful to me. Um, this, the strength is was helpful. I, I don't know, I don't know if I would have done better doing it a different way, because this is my first ultra marathon, mm -hmm. so um, I, I don't have the years of experience. I've done a lot of other running, but never this long running so yeah. I'm more of a short distance guy um but um you know I, I it seemed to work well I, awesome you know I didn't really have any major issues yeah and, and um you know so are you hooked though on ultras now 
I, I, I think I am. Yeah. So, yeah, we're already talking about another another trip, so we don't know for sure where it's going to be, but we're, we're running through some ideas. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a bug for sure. Yeah. You know, sure. any... At any distance or time, I think people just get hooked. You know, yeah. I've seen people that fly and they just do them all over the place and win prizes, etc. Then there's people that, you know, whether they're dead last, but they never DNF, they just love doing it, you know. And so the whole spectrum, I think it's becoming more and more popular. I love it because uh, I just like being outside. Mm -hmm. and I love being in nature. Um, I love to run, um, and it's just it's it's very peaceful out there. I, I I just I don't mind doing some you know spending some time by myself. I I, I find joy in that. Uh, I also you know the way that we spent some time together. It's nice to be with just a small group of of guys that you know well and you know sharing your experience. And then you know it's also good to spend a little time by yourself out there too and just being in, being outdoors is wonderful and that's, yeah. that's what this is all about. You get definitely a lot of time to yourself. There's definitely miles and miles where there can be nobody, you know. Um, so tell me about that a little bit because I'm sure there's moments where you got F3 group runs and your goat buster runs, but then there's times where you're training by yourself too mm -hmm. and then when you're on those runs like you broke from the group talk to the park ranger yeah it's gonna be three hours to climb that yeah and you're doing that all by yourself mm -hmm. what kind of thoughts go through your mind and did with did your brain ever tell you like hey let's just stop just wait wait for the guys just walk up with them yeah don't try and hit that sunset anymore yeah what kind of stuff goes through your mind well i was pretty disappointed about the sunset because that was my main motivation for going to Cross again, you know. I just wanted that was my goal. I wanted to enjoy a beer at the top and and look across at the sunset. But um, you know, real coming to the realization that that wasn't going to happen was kind of tough to swallow. But um, you know, uh, like we mentioned before, we talked about if you stop, the only way out of the Grand Canyons on a on a very expensive helicopter <laughs> ride. So um, uh, that that I didn't want to take that 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 way out. So I had to keep going. Yeah. And, I didn't know how far behind everyone was, and I didn't want to just sit in the dark because my headlamp, like I said before, um, barely made it through the, the the first time in the dark, and mm -hmm. I was really concerned about it not making it through the, the second time because uh, it was starting to get dark um, uh, as I was going up, and I did have to use it for a short period of time, and thankfully it didn't die on me, but um, it uh, that kind of gave me motivation because I didn't want to be in the dark. You yeah. know, on those switchbacks. So, you know, a little fear got me going. You know, I didn't want to do it in the dark. I didn't want to fall off a cliff, you know. <laughs> um, so I just kept going because, uh, you know, I didn't want to. I knew my, if I sat down and waited for other people to get there, um, I would be doing it in the absolute dark. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I didn't want to have to do that because then I would have had to, you know, rely on on someone else's spare light if they had one um you know a lot of unknown things so i just kept going as long as i could and and uh and that's part of the challenge too is just uh i like to push myself and see how far i can go or how fast i can go and it's you know one of my motivations in any of the races that i do um but um you know uh sitting down just wasn't an option for me mm -hmm. so i just kept going one foot in front of the other and sometimes you know it was really no other thought than just put take the next step um, yeah. and especially going up that steep part of the south uh, south rim so um, yeah 
So you, you mentioned something there that's very interesting. You like to push your body as far as it can go. Uh, that's kind of like the same mentality I have. Like, how much can I do um, beyond what, you know, is physically allowed, beyond what uh, I like to say sometimes the, the, the Lord wills me to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so why do you think you, you have that mentality? Uh, it's just something I've always had, really. I just... I've I've always been a, a competitor. I've always competed in in, in things throughout my childhood and mm-hmm. into young adulthood. I just so I've always had that. Um, and and it's not necessarily to compete against other people. It's more just to compete against myself. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I um, if you're not trying your best, then why try? You yeah. know. And that's kind of how I felt with with the the Grand Canyon and why I. I, uh, you know, did push myself so hard is because I wanted to know what I could do. Yeah. I was interested in knowing, you know, how far could I go, um, you know, safely, of course, yeah, I have a family, but, yeah. um, you know, I wanted to know, wanted to know, I wanted to just see, you know, and it's a little bit of a mystery, you know, mm-hmm. will you be able to finish this run? You've never done anything like this before. Um, can you do it? And, um, you know, I found out that I could, which yeah. was wonderful. So... Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's why I kept going. I like it. I like it. So looking back, like a moment of reflection, I guess two things. One, the classic question with training or the run, how you did the run and, you know, preparation, aid, gear, everything. Would you have done anything differently in hindsight? And secondly, just... I'm a big nature guy too, and I feel sometimes that when you're out there, especially in the moments alone, and it's just, especially something like Grand Canyon. I mean, every every time I see a picture online, I think it's fake because it's so perfect and beautiful. Mm-hmm. But you get out there, it's almost I don't know if it maybe changes me a little bit, or I start to feel like a a even greater appreciation for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so what kind of, this is like a deep question, what kind of thoughts, I guess, um, do you have reflecting back on that experience? So, um, to answer your first part, uh, the preparation, um, I don't know that, quite honestly, I don't know that it could change anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Would I like to have had more time to build up more miles? Yeah, I think that probably would have been wise, but I didn't. So I think I made the best use of the time I had. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that uh, I would have changed anything. I, I guess maybe I would have went on a couple more longer runs out in the out in the woods, just because. Quite honestly, I like to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, take yeah. enough time. I think I did three or four of those like kind of longer runs. Most of them at Morrow Mountain, and I wish I would have done more of those, just because yeah. I think I would have enjoyed it more mm-hmm. than anything else. Um, as for the second part of your question with the, it was, what, what was it exactly? Kind of just, um, do you think that experience, um, changed you at all? Or did you, did, did, did it give you any other, um, it's hard to even ask. Did, did it give you any other, um, I don't know what, what was the greatest 
thing that you took from that experience, I guess, besides not like uh, physically or, um, you know, the, the time with your buddies or, or anything like that, sure. kind of just beyond the material. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, the whole experience was very awe inspiring. So, um, I'd say the thing that I took most from it is, um, just a knowledge in myself that you can do this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, everyone has some self doubts and I had that throughout and, um, uh, just, you know, it helped to just build, uh, you know, that can do personality in me. Um, so that was, that was useful. And just, just the whole experience was, uh, tough to describe because, you know, unless you've been out there and, and you've done it, and I suggest you do do it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, it's, it's tough to describe it, you know, cause it's, there's so many different emotions that go through your mind, especially with, you know, doing something for 16 hours, you know, it's just, everything goes through your head, you know, yeah. you think about everything in your life. Um, but, uh, it's, it's just changed me in that, um, it's given me a drive to do more of that, mm -hmm. you know, to take time for yourself. Um, a lot of us get caught up in, in work and, and yeah. family and everything and you do. It's, it's so important to do things for yourself. Life is short, you know, there's always excuses not to do things. Very true. Um, this is, you know, this experience has showed me that there are, you can also make excuses to do things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that that's what we should concentrate on, not what we should, shouldn't do. Um, Cause we're, you know, that's, that's based in fear. Yep. Um, but more uh, what we should do um, and have good reasons for it and, and have hopes and dreams and, 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 and go after them. Mm -hmm. you know? So I agree a hundred percent. And I always go back to the, I don't know who, where I got this quote from, but, uh, where somebody paraphrasing, of course, said that the number one emotion people feel when they're on their deathbed or in like the extreme elderly is usually regret mm -hmm. and not regret. Gosh, why did I do that when I was a kid? Just why didn't I go after this dream? Why didn't I go achieve that? Yeah. And you don't want to feel that. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I totally agree with that. So yeah, that, that embodies it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Joe. That was uh, awesome to spend almost about an hour with you, um, hearing your stories, some some great stories in there too, um, and taking the time again. Thank you for inviting me into your home to sit here in a great environment and ha have me uh, ask you about your experience with the rim to rim to rim run in the Gan Grand Canyon of Arizona. Again, his stats: fifty-three miles, about eleven thousand feet of elevation, and an average pace of. 1458 that's that's just phenomenal that's that's great for an ultra if you're even in a race too i'll tell you that sure. <laughs> um again i'll let you uh speak a moment too about your uh practice because you are a podiatrist and that's how i found you by what was that? i had to have some toenails pulled or something like that yeah, i don't remember what yeah was, <laughs> several years ago so yeah um so uh I, I work at uh foot and ankle associates here in huntersville uh, we have uh, uh four offices huntersville Mooresville, Denver, and University. Um, we're taking new patients. If anyone uh, has any running injuries, um, I I, uh, I see tons of runners and and uh, uh, other athletes. Um, that's one of my main focuses. Um, I've lots of experience with it, so you know I I can usually tell you a story of how I've hurt myself in some way, <laughs> and 
be very uh, empathetic to, to, to what's going on. So I'd be happy to help anyone that, that um, um, loves to run or be active in any way. So, um, you know, we can, you can find us at footandankleassociates.com. Um, come, come see me if you need me. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I will uh, attest to his practice. A great doctor, great knowledge, and understands too if you don't necessarily want to have to go into a certain surgery, what you can prolong, what you can't if you're in the middle of training or something like that too. He's had those discussions with me. Great help. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Joe. Thank you so much, Benny. Um, thanks everybody for listening. This is 4 a.m. Get Ups. Get out there. Stay motivated and just enjoy life.